Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So you got to see Elon Musk taking a blowtorch to Joe Biden's Build Back Worse plan. We need more of this. Entrepreneurial people with cultural capital in the business environment like Elon Musk to go out there and speak out about the dangers of the new socialist enterprise we're engaging in in conjunction with Joe Biden and his radical leftist goons. Well, there's an open for you. Uh, also, I got to think of this morning, I was watching TV and watching the Fox Christmas tree burn down. Uh, I was thinking to myself, yeah, I'll get to that story in a minute too. I got to thinking, you know, again, if you were going to engage in a 10-step plan to destroy America from the inside out, I thought, let me put it down on paper. How exactly would you do it step by step? And I thought to myself, we're already there. And I'll prove that to you. I'll show you the receipts on that. Also, some data about my theory about Democrats, how Democrats think we're bad people with ideas and we think they're people with bad ideas and therefore there'll never be any kind of, uh, you know, coming to terms or singing of a kumbaya around a campfire. I now got the receipts to back that up too, showing you you're not wasting your time here. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. survival rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, and they're all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, let's go. Let's go, Dano. Yes. Yes, on a Wednesday morning, hump day. We love hump day. Halfway done with the week, which is always great. I've become very excited about the weekends these days, not because I want to get away from you, but because we got a loaded schedule for the next few months. Keeps my brain going. Here's Elon Musk taking a blowtorch to Joe Biden's Build Back Worse plan, showing you here that there are people, smart people out there like Musk who realize that number one, government sponsored investments are not investments. They're excuses to steal your money and invest them, air quotes, in things you didn't want to invest in yourself because you realized it's crap. And we are going de facto bankrupt. Why? Because we'll just print money. That's why I say de facto, not de jure. But we are de facto bankrupt because we are just printing money, bankrupting the people who possess the money now and, and taking away the value of it. Check out Elon Musk uh, speaking truth to power here. Check this out. There's some other good things in this bill that some would argue. I mean, the, a lot of money earmarked for R&D. Would, would you want to put that towards something? No. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to move on from the bill because I think we get what uh, you're saying on it. it. In, in general, we, we should just, we, we, if we don't cut government spending, uh, something really bad's going to happen. This is crazy. Our, our, our spending is so far in excess of revenue, it, it's insane. Um, like you could zero out all billionaires in the, in the country. This is almost like anti-billionaire BS. Uh, well, uh, if, if you zeroed out all the billionaires, you still wouldn't solve the deficit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Elon Musk. I've said this repeatedly. There are about, what, six or seven hundred billionaires in the country. It changes daily. Some billionaires lose money. Some millionaires make money and become billionaires, right? There are roughly six, seven hundred billionaires in the country. Their collective net worth is anywhere from three to five trillion dollars. Our national debt, ladies and gentlemen, is over 20 trillion. And we're looking at another two to three trillion in debt in, for the foreseeable future, accumulating every single year. You could confiscate every single dollar the billionaires in the country, like Elon Musk, have. Take all of their wealth, take everything, folks, steal it all, leave them with zero, a big donut on the ledger. And you would not even make a small dent in the massive federal debt we've accumulated. Elon knows that because he's a smart guy. There are some other things in that clip. The lady says, well, there are some good things in the Build Back Worse plan by Biden. There's R&D spending. So just to be clear, private corporations that could benefit from research and development spending that could then invent new products and could become very rich doing it aren't doing it and the government is going to fill that gap because the government has an idea about what these successful products are. It reminds me of a line, I think it was Henry Hazlett, 
in his book he'd used. Maybe it was Friedman. I'm not really sure, but I'd heard it repeatedly. And it was whenever you hear about government investments, you should you should laugh. You should promptly break down and slap your knee in hysterics because a government investment is what money taken from people who didn't want to invest in something themselves because they thought it was a loser when they had the chance to win uh, to uh, to earn, excuse me, earn a lot of money. So they didn't want to invest in it themselves. So the government's going to steal their money to invest in it for them even though they thought it was a loser. And that's your idea of research and development and government investing. Whenever you hear government investing, you should ask your liberal friends, why is the government investing in it? If people don't want to invest in it, don't you think there's a reason? Why does the government have to do it? Not to mention the government in the leaky bucket, the Arthur Raccoon leaky bucket theory. So you say to yourself, well, the government's investing billions in R&D. No, the government is taking billions out of your pockets. The government doesn't create anything, okay? The government gets its money from you, the taxpayer, doesn't value add. So it's taking hundreds of millions from you. It's then paying itself, right? So there's a leaky bucket transfer. It takes a bucket of money from you. It gives it to the government and it leaks. There are bureaucratic costs. The government, even to take money from you, has to pay the IRS, you're lucky if the government takes from you a dollar and spends 60 cents on R&D. Meanwhile, you could just spend the whole dollar in your company on yourself in R&D and develop products and technology people want. I can't believe people keep falling for this scam, this blatant scam that is overt big government spending. It's a scam. It's a stunt. Made to appeal to intellectual idiots. Government's investing. What? In things no one else wanted to invest in? So everyone else missed the opportunity and a bunch of government bureaucrats with no experience whatsoever in the business world. They figured it out what to invest in and you believe that. <coughs> it only gets worse. So I got to thinking this morning. I get up and uh, I found out when I, yeah, I get up at a, I don't know, about 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock. Not even intentional. Sometimes I get up before the alarm clock even goes off. I'd love to sleep a little later. Just can't. As you get older, you don't. For some reason, something switches in your biological clock. <laughs> but right? Yeah, Joe, no. Joe was working early hours for a long time. But I got to thinking. I get up and I turn on Fox. And I see that the beautiful Christmas tree they had outside in the Fox Plaza, some uh, lunatic decided to set fire to it and tried to burn the whole thing down, which he got most of it, about 75% of the tree. And I'm thinking, if this isn't it, man, if this isn't symbolic of where we are right now yep. in liberal America and places like New York City where you can't even put up a Christmas tree, a Christmas tree, a celebration, this collective joyous holiday. Well, listen, whether you're a Christian or not, it's a joyous season. People like to give gifts, spend time with family. You can't even have that up in New York City without some lunatic trying to burn it down outside of Fox News. And I thought to myself, you know, it's time to go back to a topic we've discussed a few times on the show, but we haven't put a lot of meat on the bone. We talked about how the United States is such a powerful global superpower that there's almost no chance you'll defeat it now. Maybe not too long in the future, sadly, but there's almost no chance you'd be able to defeat the United States in a straight up world war. That statement is getting harder to defend, I might add, but there's very little chance now given our nuclear supremacy and our military. I mean, I get it. China's still a threat, but, you know, we have, what, 11 aircraft carriers? They have, they have one. Um, they're building and they're getting there. But a way to effectively destroy the United States may not be from the outside, but the communists and the socialists who are running this place and running New York City and liberal America and who are in sitting in the sister dist uh, district attorney's offices, DA's offices like Gascon and others, figured out a long time ago, if they followed the socialist model, you can destroy the United States from the inside out. And folks, it's happening. We're going to put meat on the bone and produce the receipts right here. Before I do that, I want to play this Yuri Bezmenov video. Yuri Bezmenov, we played his clips a couple times. He was a KGB defector who talked about exactly this. He lectured on this in the United States, how the Soviet Union understood a long time ago, the United States could be effectively destroyed, but only from the inside out. And what you have to do is you need about 15 to 20 years to indoctrinate a generation of U.S. citizens through faulty education, to hate their own country and like a cancer, eat it from the inside out. And he talks about the institutions that need to be corrupted. I haven't played this clip of Bezmenov before. 
I play Bezmanov, but not this specific clip. Listen to the institutions he talks about, and I'm going to show you how he called it, and it's happening right now. Check this out. This is the time sufficient to educate one generation of students or children. One generation. One lifetime span of a person, a human being, which is dedicated to study, to shaping up the outlook, ideology, personality. No more, no less. Usually it takes from 15 to 20 years. What it includes? It includes influencing or by various methods, infiltration, uh, propaganda methods, direct contacts, doesn't really matter. I will describe them later. <laughs> of various areas where public opinion is formulated or shaped. Religion, educational system, social life, administration, law enforcement system, military, of course, and labor and employer relations, economy, okay? The economy, media, military, law enforcement, labor, employee relations, the education system. You have to corrupt those to get the socialist ethos to eat the United States alive from the inside out. Folks, it's happening right now. Now, just for the sake of round numbers, I could do 20 steps, but in the interest of time, because I have a lot to cover today, I want to get to Ron DeSantis thing. Also, some wins we've posted recently, so you should hold your head up, chin up. Some good stuff is happening, too. I want to leave you with a macabre sense that we're collapsing tomorrow. We can still fix this. But I'm going to give you 10 steps to show that what Bezmanov, the KGB defector, predicted, that you have to corrupt the institutions he mentioned, law enforcement, military, education, all of it, are happening right now in front of our face. So I'm going to give you 10 steps to bury the United States, bury the United States under its own weight of the socialist push from the inside. Here's step one. What would you do? If you were going to destroy the United States on purpose, if you had to, how would you do it for step one? First, you would sow racial discord. Why? Because what better way to get the United States to collapse from the inside out than to get the United States' own citizens to hate one another based on a superficial characteristic like the melanin component of your skin? I mean, seriously, what better way? Country would be at war with you, war from the outside. You can create war from the inside. What's the problem? Here you go. Wall Street Journal, Paul Blaustein. Critical race theory has a racism problem from the idea that white people are congenitally disabled by virtue of being born white to the bigotry of low expectations. Now, folks, CRT is just one symptom of this, but this is it. So racial discord from the inside out, the Russians and the Chinese government, the Communist Party of China, has to love that the Democrats and the left are intentionally destroying America from the inside out by getting us all to hate one another. Step yeah. one, so racial discord. Yes, yes, yes. This is it, Joe. You want a 10-step plan? That's yeah. step one every single time. Bingo. Well, what would be step two? You want to cancerously rot a country from the inside out? Well, you'd have to debase its currency and engage in redistribution. I mean, what better way to demoralize a population by bankrupting it through inflation, number one, but getting people to believe that the harder they work, the less they'll get. Well, what'll happen then? They won't work as hard. Then what'll happen? Stuff won't get produced. Then what'll happen? People will starve. And then what'll happen? The country implodes from the inside out. Combine that with sowing racial division. You've got a recipe just with these first two steps. I've got eight more. Just with these first two steps to cause internal societal chaos. CNBC headline, producing the receipts, folks. That's what we do. U.S. consumer prices jumped 6.2% in October, the biggest inflation surge in more than 30 years. Remember, inflation is a redistribution scheme, folks. If you work for your money and you thought your money was going to buy you this amount of products, then the government prints more money to give to people that didn't work for those products, and then you have to work harder to buy the same products you already thought you had the money for, that's a redistribution scheme. Keynes talked about this all the time. Inflation is a beautiful way for leftist nuts to tax you without you even knowing about it. Why tax you to take the money? They can just print the money themselves and devalue what you already have. So racial discord, debase the currency, two steps that are critical. 
to rot a country from the inside out the Russians and the Chinese have to be celebrating right now? What would be the third step to rot this country, create a mold that eats it alive? Well, you'd want to destroy masculinity and engage in a war on boys, wouldn't you? I mean, folks, our soldiers who fight on the front lines right now, who are in actual combat, are largely men. There are women in the military who serve quite heroically, I might add. But there are men who serve on the front lines, firing bullets downrange in the interest of keeping this country safe and secure. So by destroying masculinity and engaging on a war on boys, what better way to keep a country defenseless in the long run? I want you to listen to this quick video. Hat tip Prager you. This is Christina Hoff, who actually wrote a book called War on Boys. Again, if I was Russia and China, I'd make sure the United States demasculinized its boys and made, made them feel useless. Here, listen to this uh, one minute cut from the Prager U video. This is good stuff. Being a normal boy is a serious liability in today's classroom. Boys tend to be disorganized and restless. Some have even been known to be noisy and hard to manage. Sound like any boy you know? But increasingly, our schools have little patience for what only a couple of decades ago would have been described as boyishness. A psychologist, Michael Thompson, has aptly observed girls' behavior is the gold standard in schools. Boys are treated like defective girls. Now, as a result, these defective girls are not faring well academically. Compared with girls, boys earn lower grades. They win fewer honors. They're far less likely to go to college. Boys are languishing academically while girls are prospering. In an ever more knowledge-based economy, this is not a recipe for a successful society. We need to start thinking about how we can make our grade school classrooms more boy-friendly. Yes. That's what I know. I know. I know. Uh, Guy said to me, that's a powerful video. This is... Yeah. I, 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 I didn't... I didn't intentionally rank these in importance. And by importance, I mean importance to the Chinese Communist Party and the Russians that want to destroy us from the inside out. But they inadvertently, in my thinking of a 10 steps to destroy America approach, if we were to do it, they came out in this order. So racial discord, debase the currency, destroy the value of what people work for. And third, destroy the, the next generation of boys. And yeah, weak, but yeah as, as Michael Anton said. You know, strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create bad times. Bad times then create strong men. I'm hoping we're at the tail end of that cycle and back to the strong men part. I'm praying. Let's get to step four. If we were going to engage in 10 steps to bury and destroy America, you'd have to destroy its intellectual capital. America's powerhouse has always been its surfeit of intellectual capital where we've been able to create things that the world hasn't been able to create first. It's what's given us a technology advantage in the long run. But that's created through cerebral brain power and education. Well, that's not what's happening now. Wall Street Journal, remote learning fails the test. New research finds student scores fell sharply while virtual learning was prevalent. Folks, you have to start asking yourself right now, after I'm presenting all these receipts about the destruction of America going right on, going on right now before your face, Gosh, is this intentional or not? We were already at the bottom of OECD countries for educational attainment. It's not because our aptitude is different. Achievement was off. And then they made it worse by shutting down schools. Is this happening intentionally? Is someone trying to destroy America? Serious question. All right, I got more to get to. I'm at, what are we? One, two, three, four, four steps in. I've got six more. Stuff's going to scare you, folks, but it should scare you into action, which a lot of you are already doing. We can fix it. It's never too late. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. 
Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. So it's not enough to sow racial discord, debase the currency, engage in a war on boys and masculinity and destroy our intellectual cap, intellectual capital. When people speak out and call it out for what it is, people like Donald Trump per se, you'd have to silence them. Because if you were going to destroy the country from the inside out, you wouldn't want people and Paul Revere's and Paulette Revere's out there to sound the alarm, would you? You'd want them silenced. And that's exactly what the big left, big tech uh, totalitarians did. As you can see, Axios, Trump canceled. It was an article about Donald Trump being wiped off social media. Convenient how Donald Trump is one of the first candidates in a long time to use the culture wars as a rallying point to say we're losing our country, make America great again, and conveniently big tech and the left and the speech censor communists like the cat lady and others jump all over people like Trump and get them all banned from the internet immediately. I mean, if you're going to rot the country from the inside out like a cancerous stain, the last thing you'd want is a medical test showing you had cancer. Then they treat it. You don't want the treatment. The left wants the cancer to rot this place. They're doing the bidding of the Chinese Communist Party and the Russians. What would be the next step? Well, you would definitely have to lose the technology race. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm warning you about this in bold, big terms. You look at the history of military altercations throughout human history. At seminal moments where the tide is turned and society shifted. Folks, it was always changed by technology. Trench warfare overridden by the tank. The effectiveness of the machine gun. The samurai blade in Japan. The nuclear weapon. Technology, um, uh, pilotless drone warfare. Technology has changed everything. Technology has been set off and is no different from magic when it's so far advanced from where you are. If you were going to destroy the United States from the inside out, you would not only destroy its intellectual capital and silence any opposition to the ongoing destruction of its collective cerebral gray matter, you would destroy, by doing that, its lead in tech. Oh, that's not happening. Oh, yes, it is. I can't encourage you in strong enough terms. To read this article, listen, it's not written by like hardcore conservatives, but this article is an important one. China will soon lead the U.S. in technology. Beijing pulls ahead in 5G and artificial intelligence while catching up on semiconductors. Folks, the article in the Wall Street Journal is terrifying. Now, I'm not sure there isn't a bit of Chinese propaganda in there. So I always do this with an element of caution. China is one big Potemkin village. But some of the stuff in there is irrefutable. China has been moving fast on artificial intelligence. Folks, if they beat us in the tech war because we decide that a government spending approach is the way to go rather than a free market, what we've used for decades to advance the tech war, we'll be in a world of trouble. Now, keep in mind, to be clear, the same propaganda was used about the Soviet Union for decades. Oh, my gosh, Sputnik, they're going to beat us. Eventually, communism rots itself from the inside out. But their bankrupting of America's intellectual capital and their bankrupting of America itself is starving our technology future of the funds it needs to grow and the cerebral gray matter it needs to provide it. We're being, we've been warned. What else would you do? Well, you'd have to promote national bankruptcy from within. I mean, if you couldn't beat America from without... What better way to get America to rot itself from within than to get it to bankrupt itself? Biden's $6 trillion budget, New York Post, will radically reshape and bankrupt America. Post editorial board. Ladies and gentlemen, this story speaks for itself. There's no need to beat this dead horse. But when you combine this with racial discord, debasing the currency, a war on boys, destroying our intellectual capital, silencing opposition, losing in the technology race, there's no better way to encourage all of that and make sure it continues to happen by bankrupting the country and make sure people don't have the, uh, the uh, capital, the means and the capital to fight back. 
We are going bankrupt. It may not be a technical court bankruptcy because we can print our own money, but printing money leading to inflation, meaning you don't have any actual funds to buy stuff, you just have paper money, is a de facto bankruptcy. This would be step, uh, step eight. You'd want to make sure that the next generation of kids, through what Bezmanov warned about, through 15 and 20 years of indoctrination, you want to be sure that the kids hate this country. Why is that important? Why is that such a critical step in the internal rot of America the Russians and the Chinese Communist Party want pray for? Well, they don't pray to anything but their gods, their fake, their fake false gods of communism, but you get the point. Because who's going to defend a the country they hate? Who's going to defend a the country they hate? Say, oh my gosh, Dan, is it really that bad? No, no, it is. New York Post, public schools are teaching our children to hate America. Mary Kay Lynch. February 2020, New York Post. You saw that survey it came out the other day? It said only 30% of kids think America is somehow exceptional. Who would defend the country they hated? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's another one, right? Remember that one, Joe? Gee, brother. When the, uh, when the Olympics was going on, they asked a bunch of uh, uh, then those street man on the street interviews, you going to cheer for the United States? They were like, ah, United States, no. sh- yeah. United States, screw them. We don't care. Yeah, good. Yeah. No, nobody is going to defend a country they've been taught to hate. This is a deliberate strategy to rot this place from the inside out. And sadly, it's working. Well, what's the good news? I got two more steps here. The good news is if it took 15 to 20, if it took 15 to 20 years to do this, which it did, it took a little longer. We can turn it around in the next 15 or 20, but it starts today. What else would you do, folks? What would be the last step? Well, let me get to that in a second. Let me, uh, let me uh, get to my, my third sponsor here. Break up the morose nature. Because I'm telling you, we can fix it. If it took 15, 20 years to get here, it can take us 15, 20 years to get here. Remember Michael Anton's line that Guy brought up before? Who I, we've had Michael Anton on the show often. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Hard times create strong men. I think that cycle is turning again. I hope. And strong men have been created by some recent hard times. I'll get to the last step. And by the way, folks, again, there's more. I had to limit it to 10 because I've got a lot of news to get to today on the show outside of that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, so what would be the last step? The 10 steps to destroy America are all happening right now in front of our face. So racial discord, debase the currency, war on boys, destroy our education system, silence opposition, lose the technology race, promote bankruptcy, push hatred of America, make the streets unsafe. The last would be you would definitely have to open your borders. Because a country without borders isn't a country at all. It's a suggestion, folks. As I said, you'd have to open our borders. Pew Research Center. John Gramlich, migrant encounters at U.S.-Mexico border are at a 21-year high. It's an article from August of 2021. Why would opening the borders be an essential step to destroying the country from the inside out? Dan, they're, they're coming in from the outside. Yeah, the point is, it's an internal policy to let them do it. We have a legal immigration process. Why would you not want a legal immigration process? Why? You wouldn't want a legal immigration process because you wouldn't want order and you wouldn't want to know who's inside your country. Why would you not want to know? Because you're trying to destroy the country from the inside out. What other reason would you have it? Did I miss that NPR article? I didn't, right? That spike in murder. I did? Oh, all right. Well, Guy says I missed it. Here's another one. Uh, the street crime. FBI data shows an unprecedented spike in murders nationwide in 2020. It's all happening right now in front of our eyes. The 10 steps happening right now. Again, the good news. 
if it took 15 to 20 years to do this, to get the United States to eat itself alive, we, this show and other shows, Mark Levin show and others have been warning about this forever. Tucker, Hannity, and others. We can start the process to turn it around today. And by the time I'm in my 60s, and some of you in your 20s or in your 40s, we could be looking at a far different place. Mr. Bongino, yes. what a great segment. Great think so? segment. Thank you. Buddy. Hell I yes. Appreciate that. Very nice. You've taken you. the time to explain this. Wonderful. Thank Everybody you. should see no, this. Yes. You, that means uh, a lot. I appreciate it. You don't usually comment on that kind of stuff, so I know you mean no, it, of course. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I woke up this morning. I was watching that fox tree burn. And, um, you know, listen, obviously, folks, I work there. I'm not pretending to be um, in any way objective about it. But it's not that I work there. That it, There's nothing to, really nothing to do with it. I'm watching this thing burn, and I'm like, a bunch of friends of mine at Fox who are diehard conservatives, they're like, you believe this? Like, it's a Christmas tree, man. Like, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Now, all of these people in New York City, who whether they loved or hated Fox, but got to walk by this joyous, like 30-foot, beautiful Christmas tree. Fox put a lot of money in to, so people could enjoy it. There's, there's Christmas carols playing, other holiday music playing. Now you got to walk by and see a burnt-out shell. And I thought, like, watching, the, uh, describing how the guy did it, how he uh, burned it from the inside out using paper, I swear I'm sitting there brushing my teeth, and I'm like, that's it. We're burning from the inside out, man. So I appreciate the kind words, Joe. Again, you're a man of few words when it comes to content like that. But uh, No, I you're welcome, bro. Things a lot you're welcome. So um, he wanted me to talk about, on a lighter note, justice for Juicy today. Um, I did the address it on the radio show yesterday, the Juicy Small EA trial. You know, the man uh, who was attacked or says he was attacked by two MAGA hat wearing people in the middle of man. Chicago during a polar vortex at two o'clock in the morning. Um, so Juicy was on the stand yesterday. It was pretty humiliating. I don't have a lot to add other than um, I, I just, as I said on my radio show yesterday, you almost have to admire the grift with Juicy. You know, Juicy knows he's busted. He knows he made this thing up. It reminds me of the Austin Powers uh, Swedish penis enlarger segment. You know, Austin Powers, your <laughs> Swedish penis enlarger. That's not mine, baby. Uh, one receipt for a Swedish penis enlarger signed by Austin Powers. Baby, that's not mine. One book, how to use penis enlarger. That's not my bag, but penis enlarger. Uh, he, he goes, baby, that's not my bag. He says, one book titled, Austin Powers, How to Use the Sweetest Penis Enlarger. Yes, that's my bag, baby, by Austin Powers. And he's like, give me the bit. That's yeah. Juicy. Like, Juicy's sticking to this story no matter what, but he's not giving it up like Austin Powers eventually did. So I don't have a lot to add on Juicy. He was, he was cross-examined on the stand yesterday, and he's not giving up the story that he was attacked by two magamers. Who knows? Maybe these they were the ones, maybe, you know, they're, they're running around these, these two white, uh, or he calls them pale MAGA hat wearing people that allegedly attacked him. You know, maybe they were the ones, uh, maybe they should investigate them for burning down the Fox Christmas tree or something. Who knows? There's some dangerous people running around out there. You better go get them. So I don't have a lot to add on Juicy. Okay, here's a segment we haven't run in a while. Shamefully, shamefully, the greatest governor in America, Ron DeSantis, strikes again. I usually dance for that. So he actually played. So I heard that live time. Sometimes I don't hear it. Sometimes he puts it in. That one I actually heard. I was bouncing around, bebopping a little bit. I'm not much of a dancer. My wife said I had some moves during the wedding. <laughs> not those kind of moves. I mean, was, yeah, there's apparently video of me doing like a John Travolta dance at my wedding. I don't remember anything about that. But uh, she says it was pretty good. So, yeah, yeah, you will. Guy's like, I got to get that from Paula. Yeah, it's pretty funny. She says I'm a pretty good dancer. I don't buy it. I got a little bit of boots. I, I, who knows? But uh, Ron DeSantis yesterday was giving a little speech. And uh, again, this is because I don't want to leave you in a morose mood for the show. I want to show you like things can turn around, folks. You know, we had, you know, Valley Forge and these, these, these guys like really suffered. World War II, World War I, trench warfare, you know, storming of Omaha Beach. These guys had it really bad, okay? We'll turn it around. And we'll turn it around thanks to people like Ron DeSantis. Here's DeSantis talking about how Florida's hospitality industry, and I can vouch for it personally, has never been better. 
People come down to Florida. I'm not messing with you. Gee, can you not vouch for this? People come to Florida. I had the Fox crew down here yesterday. And they're like stunned. It's like the pandemic never happened. There's The mask mandates are non-existent. People are out there. They're, they're in amusement parks. They're just living their lives like, shocker, human beings living their lives. Here's DeSantis talking about this yesterday. This guy's awesome. Check it out. In Florida, we've never arguably done better in hospitality than we've been doing lately because people know they come to Florida to vacation. They're going to be able to be treated with respect and, and free people. They're not going to have to show medical papers to get a beer. They're not going to have to do that to go get lunch. I love this guy. You know, they, uh, rarely have you seen a guy with such an impressive resume, such a deep skill set of political skills, a gifted speaker, a gifted debater. I mean, this guy is a gift to the Republican Party. I can't emphasize that enough. We don't golden calf anyone. There's no need to do it. And I'm telling you, he's a genuinely nice guy, too. He gets it. Florida has become a beacon of freedom. Carol Markowitz, who we're trying to get on my radio show, the New York Post wrote a piece about why she loved New York, but she's leaving. She's leaving to come down to Florida. She's been down here. I know she visits. She sent me some emails. I was trying to get together with her and some friends. Um, I just haven't had the time. But they can't believe it. People come to Florida and can't believe that the state is free and open, and it's like the pandemic here never happened. Now, Ron DeSantis was proven right. Daniel Horowitz, who I have had on my radio show often, Daniel Horowitz is a great writer at The Blaze. He has been all over all of the things that are not working. Mask mandates, vax mandates. He has a fantastic piece at The Blaze I cannot recommend in strong enough terms. It'll be in my newsletter today. Bongino.com slash newsletter. You can subscribe to the newsletter. It says uh, sign up here. It's free. It's no cost me. Don't spam your inbox. Sign up. You'll get articles like this. He talks about the mask mandate, how, you know, ironically, all of these media hack outlets that have no interest in the truth, facts or data were condemning Ron DeSantis as death Santis when we had our annual, sadly, COVID spike in the summer as people in Florida go indoors in the summer because it's hot and the virus spreads easily. Now, Florida has one of the lowest rates in the country. And shockingly, you don't hear anything. And yet I don't hear the media going after and changing their story when it came to celebrating places that did things that didn't work. What Ron DeSantis did, did work. We're now one of the lowest in the country. Here, this article's about masks. Dan Horowitz writes in his piece how when the country of Slovakia introduced this mask mandate, they were celebrated by left-leaning outlets like The Atlantic because, oh, these mask man masks are definitely doing the trick here. Here's a quote from The Atlantic with, embedded in Dan Horowitz's piece about the mask mandate. It says, when the pandemic ends and when the reckoning over how the world responded invariably begins, Slovakia will likely be among those highlighted as a success story. Whereas the U.S., which is supposed to be the country best prepared for a crisis, will be remembered as one of those that suffered the worst. How Slovakia was able to flatten its curve comes down to more than just quick decision making and the widespread adoption of masks. Perhaps the greatest lesson to be learned from Slovakia is of the value of leading from the front. If this doesn't speak to the vapid stupidity of the left and the intellectual vacuum they live in, notice you won't see any second guessing now that sadly, tragically, Slovakia is leading Europe in the number of cases per million. I thought masks worked. So I'll ask you the money ball theory again. If he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? If masks work, why didn't masks work? In Horowitz's piece, folks, believe me, I wish masks did work. No, I'm serious. I wish they did. I wish we had such a simple, elegant solution. Slovakia, at over 2,000 new cases per million per day, according to our world and data, Slovakia now has more cases per capita than any country in the world. To put this in perspective, that's almost three times the level of the winter peak in the United States, a country that hasn't exactly performed well in the pandemic. Folks, it's tragic. No, there's, there's no celebratory tone here at all. People are dying. This is real. But it speaks to what I've been warning you about for months now, how the continued detachment on the left from facts and data and reality in favor of totalitarian mandates. They don't care about stopping this. What they care about are the mandates and the mask and the vaccine. What are the two approved narratives on the left? Think about it. 
The only two things you're allowed to talk about are what? You're allowed to talk about vaccines and you're allowed to talk about masks. Why? Because they're both mandated. You don't find that odd? How a party obsessed with totalitarianism and tyranny only lets you talk about two things that involve increasing their control over your life. Anything else you talk about, ivermectin, monoclonal antibodies, Ron DeSantis, doesn't matter. You will be crushed because mandates work for them. That's why they're obsessed with the mask, despite the fact they still cannot prove to you in scientifically replicable research that the masks have stopped this pandemic. They can't. They can't prove it to you. And you'll hear nothing about Slovakia. It'll be memory hold from this point on. Yeah, I never picked that up, what you just said. Thanks, man. Seriously. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't pick it up. It's, you know, I mean, it's so transparently obvious. The other stuff doesn't involve increasing their power. None of it. And if it doesn't involve increasing their power through mandates, they're not interested. They're going to shut you right down. Now, again, thank you. Throwing, Joe's really enjoying this show today, man. This is great. I, I haven't heard Joe say this much in the seven years we've been working together. <laughs> I so, really am. Uh, good. I'm glad. Showing you again how we've thrown risk analysis out the window and opportunity costs. What's an opportunity cost? It's the cost of a foregone opportunity. When you waste time constantly pushing thing down people, things like, down people's throats like masks. They're not doing what you said they're doing. So why do they continue to waste time on it? Well, when you continue to waste time on things like mask mandates and you stop focusing on a proper risk analysis, this is what happens. I rarely put a New York Times link in my newsletter. I'll do it today because it's an actual, even a blind squirrel gets to not active journalism for once. New York Times, the pandemic worsened young people's mental health crisis. Folks, I want you to listen to this closely. The next three sentences. This new report cited significant increases in self-reports of depression, anxiety, and emergency room visits for mental health challenges. In the United States, emergency room visits for suicide attempts rose 51% for adolescent girls in early 2021, as compared with the same period in 2019. The figure rose 4% for boys. Folks, this is a national disgrace. We have thrown all risk analysis out the window. We have not weighed what the COVID response via lockdown, school closures, mask mandates, forcing kids to put a diaper on their face all the time. We have not weighed the damage that was going to do to them. We are saying we are going to crush this virus and we are going to do all this stuff. Well, what if crushing the virus crushes the country at the same time? We have failed to engage in appropriate risk analysis. As I say often, I'm not putting a price on your life, ladies and gentlemen. You do it for yourself every single day. Why have we thrown that out the window? We get in a car and drive knowing we could get in a lethal car accident every single day. Why? Because we say to ourselves, it's not worth it to not go out, travel around, go to the store, visit relatives. Why have we done the opposite when it comes to coronavirus? That I am going to fall in line with all of these mandates, not understanding that the risk to you is your kids might try to kill themselves. Mental health problems are increasing. We've lost years of educational attainment. Have you not considered any of this? Or you're just a sucker for the leftist narrative. You have to ask yourself that on the left. We're not suckers. We've said to ourselves, yeah, conservatives are saying this. Yeah, we've heard you out on the masks. We've heard you out on the vaccine mandates. We've heard you out on the lockdowns. It's not worth it for us to destroy society to do that. It's not worth it. All right, coming up, posting W's. I want to leave you with a little bit of good news again. Not just the DeSantis segment, but we've got a win here, folks. We're starting to turn the tide a bit. A uh, communist who is going to be supervising our banks, if confirmed by the Senate, is now dropped out thanks to the pressure this show and many other shows brought. Post and W's. We'll get to that in a second. Let me get to my last sponsor. Uh, this is a perfect uh, gift for that person in your life as a firearm, the, the hunter, you're interested in proficiency and self-defense. I target, I target. Everyone's talking about self-defense these days. The most important element is training, training, training. Having a firearm and not being trained and proficient in it is useless. It's a paperweight. If you're looking for the perfect gift that'll accomplish just that, make you proficient with your firearm, check out itargetpro.com. It's a revolutionary system. It allows you to drive fire practice with your actual firearm in the safety and comfort of your own home. 
Cost of ammo through the roof right now. It's tough getting to the range. Solves your problems right here. No more inconvenient trips to the range or expensive practice ammo. You just download iTarget's proprietary app. You load the laser round they send you into your firearm. No manipulations necessary at all. You have to swap out barrels or anything like that and start your training experience immediately. Dry fire training will help you develop and improve significantly muscle memory, target reaction speed, your sight alignment, your sight picture. Get rid of that anticipation thing you do sometimes. Improve your grip, your stance, all of it, your trigger function. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223 for your AR. You can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now. You'll save 10%, plus you'll get free shipping with the offer code DAN. This is, in my opinion, the smartest and best way for you to become proficient with your firearm, and it pays for itself in just one day. That's the letter I, iTargetPro.com. I-T-A-R-G-E-T, iTargetPro.com. Offer code DAN. Check it out today, iTargetPro.com. Thanks, iTarget. Okay. Posting W's, folks. Posting W's. It's happening. So Saleh Amarova was a communist who uh, Joe Biden had nominated, probably an Elizabeth Warren pick, to supervise her banks. Joe, it's nothing better than uh, uh, posting an anti-capitalist to supervise capitalist banks. Works great for the left. They thought this was a great idea. We highlighted some of her ridiculous comments on the show. Saleh Amarova. Well, Saleh Amarova is dropping out of contention. Of course, they're blaming it on racism. Oh, my gosh, it was racist. Just ignore that stupidity. Everybody does. They are. You didn't see it. They're blaming no, Republicans. No, no, we just don't want a communist supervising free market banks. Like That kind of just makes sense. She's dropped out. Now, next, Gigi Sohn should drop out, too, for the FCC. Uh, she wants to... Uh, Crush free speech has spoken openly about it, called Fox News state news propaganda. Now she wants to supervise, uh, you know, this entire broadcast outlet in the United States. No, nah, I don't think so. So Saleh Amarova's out. Gigi Stone has to go next. But good job, guys. Good job. So good. It is a good Christmas present, right, Keith? Got a two pager <laughs> today. Told you the show was loaded. All right. Um, this is kind of a funny story. A little comic relief moment for the show. Uh, the Democrats, apparently liberals, are missing the irony of this story. I was going through a rundown with producer Jim today, and producer Jim's like, hey, I'm kind of curious about where you're going with this story. I'm going to read the headline and see if you all can figure this out. This is a story in The Hill. You know George Orwell's book, 1984, yeah. about state-sponsored propaganda? Yeah, you know the book, very popular book. It's about the dangers of state-sponsored propaganda and what it can do can, to corrupt and rot a society. Well, here's an article in The Hill. George Orwell's estate approves a retelling of 1984 from a woman's point of view. I'm just going to leave that one right there. You, you getting that? Are we all missing that? So George Orwell writes a book about the dangers of propaganda. And then the book is retold from a feminist perspective to respond to propaganda today. The left is totally missing this. They're celebrating this. Did any of you, uh, did you all get this? George, I, I got to move. I can't, I can't waste. You, you all understand where I'm going with this, right? Warning about propaganda as propaganda as it falls right. George Orwell was right by retelling his own book from the quote, feminist perspective. Nice job, leftists. I'm sure that. Yeah, it's time for the let's go, Brandon. Bell. Let's go, Brandon. Thank you for the let's go, Brandon cowbell. We haven't used that one in a little while. It's up there with the Kenny Bell. Yeah, thank you very much. Let's go. Continue to go, Brandon. All right, moving on. Listen, a serious story here. Emotional roller coaster. The Dan Bongino Show continues. Um, I saw this on Twitter this morning. Uh, this is in response to what I had mentioned earlier. Someone set the Christmas tree, the beautiful Christmas tree outside of Fox News headquarters on Avenue of the Americas in New York. Set it on fire. It's a real, uh, it's a disgrace. I mean, it really is. But showing you and proving to you my point, I have the receipts to back it up, that while we're the party believing that liberals are people with bad ideas, I've warned you often that they don't reciprocate, that liberals think we're bad people with ideas. Therefore, they think we're bad people. They don't care about the ideas we say, even if they make sense, because they've convinced themselves we're bad people. They hate us. Well, all you had to do is go to this Daily Beast story. This was on Twitter. Man arrested for torching Fox News Christmas tree. I want you to just read the first three comments that come up. This guy, Hair Alter Shinkin, I don't know what the hell that is. Um, Alan Oldman on Twitter, whatever. He says, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Apparently thinks that's great. 
Kevin uh, Lynchahan says, Noel Peace Prize winner, surely. Some guy, uh, it's my opinion on Twitter, says he's a hero. And it was self-defense. Now, you may say, well, Dan, that's just Twitter. Twitter's full of virulent, disgusting, grotesque, filthy leftists who hate people uh, or violent, anti-American a-holes. Well, no, here's the receipt to back up what I told you is absolutely true, that Democrats really hate your guts. Axios, story will be in my uh, newsletter today. Young Democrats are more likely to despise the other party. It's an actual poll, in case you think I'm just making all this stuff up. Nearly a quarter of college students wouldn't be friends with someone who voted for the other presidential candidate. Listen to this line. With Democrats, far more likely to dismiss people than Republicans. The evidence right there, folks. The polling data. We think Democrats are people with bad ideas. They think we're bad people with ideas. Here's another gem I saw. There was an article about uh, me on Twitter, and this just popped up. This is Jayhawk Liberal, a real gem, this guy on Twitter. He says, I thought cancer had killed him off and did us a favor by now. This is the left. Can you imagine typing such a thing? Now, you know, don't be a snowflake. Folks, this stuff doesn't. I mean, I hear it all the time. I only put it in there to prove to you. This this kind of thing is commonplace on the left. Cancer may kill me off one day, and I'm sure Jayhawk Liberal will uh, celebrate. This is the kind of stuff people put on social media. It's insane. Okay. Uh, lastly, be our last story of the day. Um, this is a book I'm very proud of. I published it. You can see on the side, uh, Liberaccio Protocol. That's my publishing company right there in conjunction with my partners. It's Kaylee McEnany's new book. Uh, I, I strongly encourage you to pick it up. Kaylee's a good friend. She's a great person. It's out today. It's called For Such a Time as This. It's Kaylee's story inside the White House. Um, the reason I wanted to publish the book, chapter seven specifically. She talks about crisis communications in the White House and the inside story of how they had to respond to all the fake news stories, the litany of fake news stories during the Trump era. The whole book is great, but my humble opinion, chapter seven is the best. You'll see how fake news got generated constantly and consistently around the Trump administration and everything they had to do and all the time they had to waste knocking off obviously BS stories. It's a fantastic book. Kaylee's story inside the White House. Pick it up today. Support Kaylee. I'm proud to have been a publishing partner in the book. Kaylee McEnany, for such a time as this. Yeah, it is. It's, a, it's just, a, I'm really proud of this book. It's been flying off the shelves. Uh, check it out today. Makes a great gift for your conservative friends and uh, your Democrat friends too around Christmas. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll read it. Check it out. Kaylee McEnany, for such a time as this. Thanks a lot, folks. I appreciate you tuning in. I will see you on the radio show a little later. And be sure to subscribe to my Rumble account. The, uh, cancel culture resistant platform out there, the the free speech alternative to YouTube. I am at rumble.com slash Bongino. I'll see you on the radio show. You just heard Dan Bongino.